I don't know. You do the intro, whatever you come up with, and go. <laughs> Hello, everybody, and welcome to Base Cafe with Holly and Dean. I'm Holly. And I'm Dean. We are on our ninth episode. No way. Really? Yeah. Nine. It's yeah. one away from ten. We've, we've talked about base for almost 20 hours now. That's more than anyone else on the planet ever. You're welcome. It's got to be a world record. It's a world record. It's it has to be. <laughs> I want Guinness here. I want them to watch all of these episodes and be like, "Listen, no one has paid this much attention to the bass players." <laughs> That's right. And in this episode, we are going to be discussing what it takes to be more than just the bass player. No way. More than more than the bass. Like what? Like more strings or what? What do you mean? Well, becoming a multi-instrumentalist is something very uh, high on uh, people's to-do lists. I think most people get into becoming a musician to play more than one instrument. Um, they pick up the bass because they, of, uh, you know, whatever reasons. We've covered a lot of those in our other episodes. But yeah, I think we've been slowly getting here because we've talked about how, you know, so many bass players have to move to other instruments and how so many people from other instruments move over to bass. Right. So yeah. it's, it's so important to, um, I believe in, uh, there was a quote from our guest coming up, but it's just about, uh, it's about like just making, I don't want to give anything away. I don't want to give anything away. Um, but just like making sure that everything making sure that everything is full and sometimes we could switch around and you need to be a guitar player to in this song for this musician, you know, to help with the bass line or anything like that, you know? Yeah, exactly. And our guest today is Tony Montana or Tony Mont uh, Cardenas Montana from great white. And he's a multi-instrumentalist. Yeah. Yeah. Been a good friend of mine for a long time and he started out as a teacher of guitar and bass and how he describes uh, what he thought of with music is you know there's the bass clef there's the treble clef and you you learn all of it so you don't just start at uh the treble clef and so that led him to saying yes to the gig of great white and you know the rest is kind of history now he's able to do whatever he wants whenever he wants and uh, we talked a little bit about him going into a journey tribute band with some of his friends and how, you know, honing in on, uh, you know, one basis full, uh, or actually he's going to, I think he's going to play guitar in, in that band. So playing, you know, any, any, in a tribute band or a cover band, just uh, playing one person's full catalog really helps develop your, your own style as well. Yeah, uh, we've talked about that on previous episodes, too, where that's obviously going to be a recurring theme where, you know, we get gigs as musicians. We get gigs mm -hmm. um, where we learn like me, I, every gig I've ever had, I've had to learn someone else's catalog. Right. Yeah. Um, so and that that's it's kind of cool to tap into it. It's almost like that, like that Jim Carrey, Andy Kaufman kind of thing, because like when you're in a Misfits band, dude, you got to be playing bass like the basses of the Misfits. You can't be up there yeah. like some schlep like you got to be playing a Misfits song, yeah. you know, like 
Yeah, we we touched on that a little bit because he went on in I think 2010 to play with Slash. He played uh, bass for Slash. So I asked him about if he played with his fingers or, or pick because we all know that Duff McKagan plays with a pick and um, other tone for for Slash plays plays with you know very punk style with a pick. And he said he he did um, he did play most of the songs with a pick, but he also did kind of a hybrid picking and finger finger thing which we've talked before about that yeah i like to sneak that in whenever i can and like and uh i think we're gonna try and expand on this too a little bit later on where as a bass player you can kind of once you do what's required of you you can kind of sneak some stuff in there a little bit easier like if you like playing hybrid you know you do what you have to do but on like the big gig when you can and when it sounds good it better sound good. If you're gonna put something in there that doesn't belong, it better sound good. Yeah, right? he said he said he'd pull out some of those tricks, and Slash never said anything different. So he said he was fine. <laughs> yeah, you got to do it when he's in the middle of the you know the solo in the zone. <laughs> right. You know. Yeah. So I think um, you know, and also <laughs> he, he studied with Ron Anderson, who's um, big time vocal coach here in in LA, and. Um, you know, he was he studied with Ron so he could pre- preserve his voice and learn how to use his voice like you would an, a, an instrument. Um, just how we teach, you know, everything about the bass. There's so much you can teach about your vocals and everything. And um, so uh, he's also, I mean, he's played guitar in bands. He's played bass in bands. He's played uh, harmonica. He's played. Um, uh, he's just sang. Uh, just been a vocalist. Um, and so. You know, with being a what vocal, instruments do you play? What's what instruments do I play? I play guitar, uh, bass, and I sing. Uh, I'm getting, I'm, I'm learning keys at the moment. Uh, but those for me, for me, piano um, unlocked itself. Like I've always been able to sit down and like, I don't know. I've always understood melody. So even though I wouldn't ever play any like rock Monarov, um I would always be able to sit down and like make a chord because I understood you know oh this sounds like crap oh this sounds good <laughs> like like yeah, i don't know yeah making triads and stuff are, are pretty pretty easy when you kind of learn what your you know what your uh what some of the finger patterns are that, well yeah now that i've learned <laughs> in depth through yeah. guitar the scales uh, like guitar and bass like yeah. learning that stuff it is transferable it is absolutely transferable where i absolutely i might not have the finger mechanics like i said to play really fast piano but i can sit behind a piano and given enough time i can play any song that i know how to play on anything or figure anything out because i understand what the major scale is and how it relates and and how the keys are it's actually i think it's easier to play piano than it is to play guitar or bass yeah because even with one of my students today, um, trying to explain the stagger of mm-hmm. the fifth fret of the E string being an A, the, A, the same note as the open A, like trying to get people to conceptualize that how the stagger goes, it's actually a lot harder on bass and guitar than it is on a piano. Yeah, uh, with piano, it's, it's it's right there it's laid out it's it's laid out in such a way that you don't have to think of it vertically you just think of it um you think of it horizontally 
Yeah, it's it's vertical and staggered and offset. And then with the guitar, you have the offset of the G string to the B string, like throwing it all off, like trying to explain those shapes is a lot harder on stringed instruments, I think. Yeah, yeah. So, um, you know, you start with, you know, your your treble clef, which is your guitar or, you know, your basic piano clef. And then you go into your bass clef, but it's it's all the same, right? So you treble start clef on piano is your right hand, and then yeah, it's your right hand, and, and then the you bass go, clef is your left hand. Yeah, register on your bass clef, but you know, starting out with just you know that it you that's what everybody normally starts out with, and they they see all of that, but it's just continuing it down. It's just you know, it's all the same clef. You're just you're you're putting a break in there um, so that you can your mind has to kind of do both. Um, but yeah, piano is going to be kind of interesting reading everything, but I'm really understanding now because obviously you have your bass note in whatever chord you're doing. And so starting to see the differences in, um, how those are laid out, um, you know, the, uh, um, um, the, the half steps in between or the whole steps in between and, you know, it's, it's, you you just have to you just have to learn it and you just have to practice it <laughs> but overall right just like anything else yeah. no matter the instrument so mm -hmm. all right so even before i knew anything like mumbo jumbo music theory <laughs> nerd crap before i knew any of that um i once bought a violin just because Right. I had extra $75. I went to this music uh, music store, pawn shop, one or the other, because that's what I used to frequent. And I just bought this thing. I brought it home. I rosined up the bow. And I shit you not. I played Mary Had a Little Lamb immediately just by moving my fingers. And I just like followed the melody. I hit one note, got one note, and then moved my hand and pushed down and made noise and and i shit you not dude, like i there's no reason i'm not a savant you know i'm not, yeah. I'm not a prodigy i didn't play you know a a, a mozart concerto well there's a reason i was able part. to pick up and play the melody to mary had a little lamb on my first try and that's everyone can do that with everything you just gotta yeah, pick well, there's it up. A reason they start you with you know that or like uh hot cross buns you know uh it's it's very it's something everyone knows and it's all what the major scale and you're just picking out the um uh the different the intervals basically uh you're listening for intervals and Ooh, if, holly what is an interval what is an interval an interval is <laughs> The space between tones, the, um, or the space between two points in real life, it would be any interval, interval in yeah, life, exactly. right? So yeah. it's exactly the same in music. It's the distance yeah. between two notes. Yeah. So if you have your your major your major scale, um, and you have your pattern whole whole half whole 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 half, um, then your tone those are your inner those are your intervals. And um, they change whenever you you're going from different scales or your different uh, different modes, uh, just based off of where you're going to start on the major on the major scale. Um, and we've we've covered a tiny tiny bit of that before. We're going to bit, little bit more into that uh, later on. Start connecting the dots. <laughs> right. But, 
um, but yeah, basically, if um, if you're you're learning at a young age what intervals are because you're not tone deaf. I, there's a very 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 small select people or a few people in the world that could actually be tone deaf, and it would be a medical thing. Um, so you you can you can understand a song, so you would know intervals without even knowing what you know if i said oh this is an interval between this note and this note you you would already pick up on that because that's what the brain already does so starting out any any with any instrument with simple tiny you know small patterns like that with the intervals not being so crazy and vast and and, and also uh not fat you know the the rhythm not being very fast your brain picks up on it so it's good to see i have some great stuff yes. that holly is going to edit in right here perfect and it's going to just show you what we mean by intervals um some of it's going to look like alien language and some of it might look like something, but these are just resources online. If you go to Google and you look up intervals, um, you can find tons of resources. I can promise you guys that anything I don't know, when I hear something and I'm like, oh, what, what, what was Rick Beato talking about in that lesson? Like, what is this dominant seven sus four flat third chord he was talking about? I literally just type it into Google yeah. and I look up chord diagrams and I look up images and I look up articles, right? Um, any of this stuff that does sound like that you guys want to take from these podcasts, look it, look it up, you know, like try and figure out what we're saying. Put, put your questions in the comments below, right? Ask us, we'll put it into an episode. But if you hear something and it's kind of cool and you're like, hey, I, how am I going to do that? Type it into Google. Yeah. Just learn it. Yeah. Just learn it. Go for it. I'm sure there's a course on it somewhere. Yeah. You know, it's, it's like when you're learning a, a new language, you really just have to be very interested in, in the, di you know, the dialect and the, the words and what is this called and what is this? And how, well, is I don't this? have a teacher, right? So I am a teacher. Um, you are a teacher, but I am also a student and I am a lover yeah. of music and melody. And I, I don't more. have anyone to give me assignments. Yeah. I think we're more of a student than we're teachers. Honestly, I think. We're yeah. Oh, dude, I'm, I'm, I'm learning all day long. I'm learning all day long, even when it's like writing my own stuff. Um, yeah. cause I want to always be better. It's just, I've had this addiction where and this is this comes along to being a multi-instrumentalist mm -hmm. um i've had this addiction to really just want to know yeah i just want to know i want to know all the ins and outs i i picked up a guitar and i picked up my bass and i just i was like oh this is so cool and i want to learn that control right yeah. it's not just going into the gym and lifting weights, right? That's like punk rock or thrash metal. But when you want to like, when you actually, like I actually want to just, I love sitting down behind my guitar and like having a random song being on and being able to just play on top of it. Maybe I figure out some of the chords, maybe I don't, but I know that what I play goes with that song and I like it. 
And like, I love just jamming on it, whether it's bass or guitar. It just, I've always loved just honing into that song, like almost to get Bruce Lee about it, right? To become one with the song. That doesn't yeah. just mean that you're learning that person's parts, right? Mm -hmm. But you're also learning how to put yourself into it, like a good bass player should do. Yeah, absolutely. You don't just play to the song. You don't just always just follow the guitar, right? Sometimes you have to add to the guitar. Yeah, yeah. And that's what um, Tony and I were talking about, you know, being in the headspace of a, of a bass player, you know, a real bass player. That, that right, headspace is so important. Yeah, it can take that song to the next level. Um, you know, you're listening to a song, you're like, you know, I can do this better. And then you do it better because you know that the feeling of the song needs to be manipulated in that way. And that's what's so great about being a bass player is that we do manipulate the feeling of the song. We have complete control over that. And we have control over the hips, baby. That's awesome. <laughs> yes, we do. Yeah. <laughs> and the heads. You'd be surprised. You'd be surprised, you know. The, the head starts bobbing. And the feet I start just saw bobbing. a video clip. Body starts going. I just saw a video clip of me playing with Michael Graves and uh, it was Descending Angel and it was a Jerry only bass solo. Mm -hmm. And it was like, once I went to the front of the stage, it was, the show was in Montreal. It was the first tour I did with them. Um, once that bass solo came out, people like erupted, you know, like they, they, you know, you don't ever hear a bass solo in like a misfit song. You know what I mean? Like you hear some stuff, but that has like this like part where like the bass like stands out. It's just like these dumb little runs, you know, like, but um, they erupt with it. It's still, ex it's exciting, you know, when you get to do that as a bass player. Mm -hmm. I mean, you get to sneak in what you want. Mm -hmm. Yeah, exactly. And what's cool about being a bassist is you can do that with guitar. You can't really do it as much because as soon as the guitar goes, you, you know, that's where the audience looks, you know, whether the, whether the singer is singing or not, the guitar is doing a crazy, you know, fill in there. People are looking at the guitar player as well, but if the bass player is putting a cool fill in there, the attention. Yeah, we definitely get to sneak it in more. If you want to do anything obvious, right. Yeah. You have to be a total trickster. Yeah. You have to like, not do it, not do it. Don't do it at the show. And it's like one person don't do it at the show. And there's like five people. But if you do it at the show that's like sold out and like if you're gonna do it do it good if there's like a pause in a song i was saying this to holly before if there's like a pause in a song you really want a baseline there you just have to make sure that you're not gonna screw it up that it's really yeah. gonna make it better and if you do it and there's like a drop and you put your little bass lick in there and it hits you'll get to keep it forever but if it fails you're screwed <laughs> you know but but you yeah. could you could pull out the tricks you just got to do it at the right time you know like Sometimes they have to think that it's their idea or that it was somebody else's idea or... be like they, i don't know man i just saw the crowd and it just it just happened <laughs> think about it just really made the song the bass run just it, oh no you know i'm a i'm a huge uh advocate i know that the the world the uh the world of music mu uh, musicians getting paid is gonna hate me for this because i'm pretty sure metallica doesn't get the money but 
and justice for jason is yeah. my favorite metallica album of all time it's and justice for all with the bass turned up it's a different album it was justice for jason yeah dude and they just they they did a remaster in 2018 metallica when they did their like rock band thing they had to release their masters yeah because when you mess up in rock band that instrument cuts out and no one ever had access to that before oh so they released their masters dude it was like the first thing to go out all over the internet you could look up everything from every metallica song and find an isolated track because of fucking rock band <laughs> <'Cause they're> rock. <laughs> yeah dude you know like but um it's the best sounding version of injustice for all it just it's so good yeah awesome yeah have you ever heard it um i know we've talked about it i haven't really looked it up as much oh man i'm gonna send you a link and you're gonna have to look it up you're just gonna but first you have to like listen to injustice for all like when you're like cleaning your house or something right when you're doing dishes like put that on and like as a bass player listen to injustice for all like the normal version then as a bass player <laughs> listen to injustice for jason and feel the justice and <laughs> feel it i swear you could feel the justice yeah that's yeah. awesome well I, that's so important i mean that in itself will tell you like you have to have good base you have to be you have to have good base whether you're gonna hire a bass player or you're gonna be the bass player you have to have good base um I was talking to somebody the other day about doing a cover band where I'm playing guitar and singing and we'd have to have a, a bass player and I would have to pick a bass player that I trust that I really like, you know? <laughs> so like as, as a bass player, so to, to expand on that, right. As a bass player, I think you should like, if learning guitar seems like a lot, if you're like, man, I'm just barely playing bass. Like, what am I? You're telling me now I got to learn guitar and I got to learn harmonica and I got to learn violin. Like, that's so much. You don't really have to. You just learn, like, make yourself aware of it, right? Like, if you play bass, pick up a guitar and play a bass line that you know and get acquainted with it. Yeah. And once you get acquainted with it, right? Because luckily, um, as far as an electric bass goes, um, or a four-string bass and a six-string guitar, the four lower strings of the six-string line up perfectly with the four lower strings of, uh, the four strings, rather, of the bass. So anything you know how to do on that four-string bass, you know how to do on that guitar. Yeah. After you get yourself acquainted, just learn yourself a couple of open chords, like a yeah. G major chord, a C major chord, and a D major chord. You learn those three chords, mm -hmm. you'll have a pretty, it's going to feel like Twister on your fingers compared to playing bass, right? Yeah. But it's, and, and it might seem like a super tall order, but I think that you don't have to like worry about becoming a shredder, being a bass player first, and then going over to guitar. What yeah. you like, some of the greatest guitar players and singer songwriters on the planet don't even play their solos, you know, like they, someone else does. Yeah. Yeah. Um, but just learning the open chords, you know, learning your, your G major, 
your C major, your D major, your E major, your A major, and then the minors of those. Or like the cage system, right? C-A-G-E-D. Yeah. You learn those songs. That's basically every song on the planet. Yeah. You go to your sevenths. B, my B minor, my B minor seventh is my favorite. But uh. Yeah, there's a lot of there's a lot of things you that that uh that transfer over, and especially with writing, you know, um, a lot of people write. I, I know a lot of people that write on bass or uh, they like to write on bass. They don't necessarily play bass live, but they, they write on bass. And it's just, um, as Tony was saying in the interview, it's just, it's a different way of thinking and it's a different headspace and mindset to go about writing the song or, or manipul- it's, Well, it's, it's, so it's taking the triads, right? So we were talking about that before. You take your triad um, as a bass player, which is your one, your three, your five, and you play it outright. You know, right? You don't play it as a chord. As a guitar player for rhythm, they're playing that as an overall encompassing hum, right? Mm-hmm. Like a strum, and we're navigating and we're walking through it. It's like a, as a bass player, you gotta like walk on that silky tightrope and yeah. hone it all together, right? That silky smooth tightrope. That's how you have to approach your triad, mm-hmm. like like a like a slithering snake almost, you know, or like a lion getting ready to pounce. You just gotta, yeah. you're getting ready, right? Super smooth. And that's how you're navigating through your triad versus giving the hum, you know? Yeah. The, the, the long, um, but I mean, and then you can also just hang on the one. Was that a good description, by the way? <laughs> that was a really great description. Yeah. Yeah, I know it is. You're dancing around, you're dancing around what a, um, you know, a guitar player does a, a power chord you can dance around on that one five octave or you know and and really make that and for me i i throw that nine in there which yeah quiz time anybody who's listening i will say the answer immediately but what is another word or another number for the ninth my favorite interval right what is another way of saying the ninth it's yeah. the second <laughs> it's like you're say octave it. of the second. Yeah, you're just continuing your right. And and so I was talking with another one of my students. It's really good to know that in the do, re, mi, fa, so, la, ti, do, right in your major scale, the do, re, fa, and so. One, two, four, five, the intervals of the major scale, one, two, four, and five are neutral. So you can play them and it doesn't matter if um, if you're playing in a heavy metal band or if you're playing in a beach rock band, <laughs> you can play those four notes in the appropriate scale. Yeah, They'll always fit. And yeah. when you do that, and, and I was also saying like, when you know that um, a bass is only four strings. So it's like super easy to find the octave. Yeah, it's no, super easy. the octave. It's it's super easy to uh, to play just that caged kind of one, two, four, five over major or minor uh, chords. Um, God, I'm know, such a nerd. I I, I never would have thought. Thirteen year old me when I got my first guitar, I never would have thought that I would have known all this stuff. There's, I can't even believe it. Yeah, <laughs> you just start learning. And what's funny is that thirteen year old you didn't realize how easy it was either. <laughs> Yeah, how easy slash hard, right? Because like, as 
as everything presents itself in this eureka moment, right? And this has been for 24 years. Will you know that on February 10th, I <laughs> will have played guitar for 24 years. Wow. 24 years I've been trying to figure out all this stuff. <laughs> yeah. Yep. I, yeah. It's, it's harder without a teacher, I'll tell you. Have you figured it out? A hundred percent. A hundred percent? Yeah, well, like, a real, realistically, like, like, I probably figured out, like, 92% of all music, you know, um, but that last 8% is, like, the hardest of the hardest, you know, like, I can't play oh i can't play like all like 92 percent of all music you know what i mean but i understand it all it's like the like, 80 20 rule it's like 80 percent of it's really easy and you can pretty much get away with like doing that 80 percent. yeah yeah that, that last eight percent that or so that i don't know you know that bullshit number that i just made pulled out of thin air but like that last bit that i don't know is just really really hard um it's just another complex level and anything past that um because music is infinite right um anything else past what i would consider to be like a hundred percent um it's just going to be either like too fast or 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 too many whatever's to, to be really anything you know like to sound like anything other than like a fucked up morse code it's two yeah. f-bombs yeah <laughs> Yeah, like for the most part, like I get it now. I I completely get it. Com complete opposite feeling of that very first day when yeah. I was like, "What?" Yeah, yeah. It's in a lot of it, which I get. I get to see this in uh, in my students is just being comfortable with your instrument. The people who are great at their instruments are just really, really comfortable with it. And so, you know, Joni Mitchell, she had a lot of really cool tunings. And so she knew how to manipulate the songs that way. But half the time, she didn't know what she was doing. She just did a tuning that sounded pretty and she would bump along it with it and make up a pretty melody with it. And she has these she has so many albums you know she's written so many songs and that's that's kind of what it is you know you get used to enough of it to where you know how to manipulate it to what how you feel the your music how, how your music wants to come out of you and then you start creating and you break those rules and those barriers and and really it's just like it's like learning that okay i like the way this sounds remember how to do that thing yeah yeah little this sounds cool keep it keep it right here you know mm -hmm. not back here keep mm -hmm. it right here yeah. next cool thing you find keep it right here yeah you know play it all the time practice it all the time <laughs> but you just you just keep it right there and then when the opportunity strikes you can throw it in because as i've gone on record saying I don't believe there is such a thing as improv. Improv to me would imply that you've never done this thing before. Bullcrap. <laughs> Anything that we are going to do on stage, 
we did 10,000 times in our basement before we went up on stage because we don't want to embarrass ourselves. You know, yeah. like other than things such as getting feedback and stuff like that. But like if we're playing notes and we're playing licks, mm -hmm. like the odds of you playing something that you've never played before. No, like yeah. if you sat there and practice your major scale like you're supposed to and practice your minor scale like you're supposed to and you are able to go up on stage and comfortably look at someone and be like, all right, we're playing in what? Uh, B minor? Sweet. Got yeah. this. Like right. if you can do that, you're not playing anything you haven't played before. Yeah, <laughs> that's what I teach a lot of my, my uh, or I, I tell a lot of uh, people who come to me for advice on music <laughs> is, you know, it's, it's not that hard if you just make yourself comfortable with the possibilities. And the possibilities can be endless. You just have to really, um, you know, know, know what key you're going to be playing in and, and know the major scale and know how to work that major scale. and it's it's you're really that close you're that close the and seven diatonic modes you all come off the major scale the, yeah but they you learn those seven shapes yeah but you you you, you can learn you, seven you'll shapes. know almost every song yeah but you can also just learn the major scale and learn your pattern whole whole half whole whole, whole half learn you know what get it gets confusing and you don't have to deal with it as much on bass is when you get to like uh diminished stuff diminished yeah. diminished yeah like um flat five major seventh chords and stuff like that when you have to play yeah. over top of them yeah well if you're if that, you're that stuff gets hard but like a lot of the time like if you have a guitar player who's playing some funky chord mm -hmm. um you could all chords are inherently either major or minor. Yeah. Um, all scales are inherently either major or minor. They might have, you could play a chord that has a major sixth and a minor third. That would be your Dorian equivalent. You can still have a bass run that's a one, four, five that works with it. You yeah. know, you would have to line it up so you don't have conflicting notes. You don't want to play the five while he's playing the six. If it's, an arpeggiated chord because uh, you might get a confliction but if you do a quick move you know you just have to learn if that sounds like nerd talk run your major scale yeah exactly <laughs> right that one two four five an octave can really save you um and that's what a lot of people know anyways <laughs> yeah box system you know yeah, exactly. Um, and that's the thing. Yeah, a, a one, two, four, five, if you play bass, right, and you have no idea what I'm talking about, it would be the third fret on your E string with your index finger, your fifth fret on your E string with your ring finger, your third fret on your A string with your index finger, and your fifth fret on your A string with your index finger. It's just that little, little tiny box right there. And you can... In the key of G. Yes, that's in the key of G, correct. Um but you can move that little tiny box anywhere to any song. Um, and, and as long as you find the right spot, that box will work. Yeah, as long as you're in the right key. Um, you could be in a yeah. parallel. You could be in one of the other modes. And maybe yeah. not, you know, like you could be playing the, the Mixolydian over the major. Um, yeah. 
or you could be playing the minor over a major and like maybe it sounds like it kind of matches and it's not perfect um but you could basically play that little box you know as long as you look and find the right spot yeah Yeah. because your minors are three and six (laughs) and and let's face it like holly just said i mean that's everyone does it yeah everybody everyone does it so yeah i mean i it's i think being a multi-instrumentalist what's going to happen is you're going to learn all of that anyways you're just going to have to learn it on different instruments right so if we're learning uh like like i'm learning keyboards right now we have two set up at the moment because there's we're just really trying to dig in. <laughs> but, I see. I think that's the easiest way to kind of become a multi instrumentalist too, is to play piano. Yeah. So with piano, everything's le- you know linear. It's all horizontal. So everything is, you can count it out so quickly. You know, okay, I've got to do a one, three, five on this chord. So you you know that you got one, three, and five, or one, three, and five. Sorry. <laughs> right here so it's like it's easy to do it's easy to go back and forth on those um oh yeah uh then there's a couple you know chords that you just have to know where the um you know it it just it's all set up a you know a certain way just like with the with the guitar. well so i think it's also cool too like so if you want to be a multi-instrumentalist right learn you can get a cheap midi controller from anywhere Plug it into your computer. Akai MPK. Right. And other than like this specific technique, right? Like if you don't have money to go out and buy like saxophones and cellos, and you can MIDI control all that stuff. Yeah. And you can at least get an understanding for, you know, because it's a cello part doesn't mean that you're going to play that with your hand like you would play a piano part. You're going to have to come into it differently. You're uh-huh. going to have to give a different finesse in your playing mm-hmm. to proper accentuate that cello. And like, that's the biggest thing. It's like all these different instruments, right? They're different tones. They're different frequencies. Yeah. And yeah. It's really hard for me to write drum parts. So I hire a drummer because I'm not going to be able to write the same way a, a awesome drummer is going to be able to write. Um, I'm probably going to hire a guitar player because I don't play guitar as much as I play bass. Um, but if I wanted to write or do demos on all of this, yeah, I'm going to do it all myself. But it is it is pretty easy to just learn a little bit and really um, take your music to a different level because you're just adding the right parts and doing the right the right things with them. And I know that this is going to be really hard and a lot of people are going to hate me for saying this, but one of the most important instruments I think that everybody should have a solid, solid grasp on, no matter your main instrument, the one instrument that everybody should have a solid grasp on. Can you guess it? Bass. The drums. (laughs) The drums. Yeah, well, yeah, like obviously, right? Like no matter what, but like I would suggest to anyone is like, lock in with rhythms right as a bass player if you become a drummer as your second instrument you're gonna make take your bass understanding to a whole your bass writing once you understand drum rudiments and how to mold with it yes i've seen Um, drummers become really good writers as well um drummers that 
have never picked up instruments before that have, you know, they have really good pitch because that's what they've been listening to their whole life. Um, and then of course they have rhythm. So drummers can be some pretty, pretty, like pretty super like substantial players. And, and well, cause their whole job is to mess with time mm -hmm. as, as other musicians, right? we have to mess with melody in time mm -hmm. and they're messing with limited melody, right? Cause a drum set, um, even though we only have 12 different notes to play, yeah. um, we organize them and play them, you know, like we play all 12 of them. Most drummers, they don't, they don't have like 12 pieces to their kit. So like, they have yeah. limited sounds that they work with. They're when they're doing like kick, snare, hi hat. That's like us doing a one, four, five. It's like yeah. a super simple thing yeah. to them, and, and actually, that's like half of what they have. Yeah, and actually, you they tune they they tune their drums uh, the same way the that good we drummers. Stuff. Yeah, the drum tuner. Uh, but the the way that they tune their drums is usually there's like two that are tuned. There's like there's like three different. Uh, normally like with with the ones that i've seen of like how they tune them there's like three different um notes that they tune all of the different drums to um it doesn't make any sense either like if i was looking at um my my wheel uh my uh circle of fists or whatever um it just it doesn't make any sense so well my my drummer used to tune to uh um a to mm -hmm. i think an a triad an a triad yeah see i thought these would yeah be and he but he he had um like that's how he that's how he used to do his toms um uh -huh. but he had toms and he had roto toms and like he yeah he tuned he we played seven string at the time and so like almost everything was rooted um either over the open a which was the low seven string drop down um or an e like standard guitar e um so he tuned his drum set um, to match most of those chugs, you know, and to follow along. So that way, when he did a fill, if I did a scale run, probably in the same key. You don't, you, you don't always have that, you know, and not everyone likes that. But I'll tell you, it. I really want to get really more, like, in more into that, like the tuning of the drums versus the or with the tuning of the instrument. Um, I think it's a it's a it's a good talking point. It's a good uh, good subject. <laughs> I th I think so. I think um, like having things locked in, it's completely different. You know, it's you punch differently. You know, you're gonna th if you think about the movement of air, right? If the kick drum is tuned to an E and the bass player is blasting an E mm. and the guitar player is jamming an E and the singer is belting an E mm -hmm. that is a whole lot of air moving. And with the fact that the kick drum is usually hooked up to the subwoofer, you mm -hmm. can't tell me that that's not going to just like yeah, make the building fall apart. Yeah. 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 And, I mean, every every one of the instruments has to, it has its own personality, it has its own thing. But when they work together, it's a force to be reckoned with. 
Yeah, you know, and and it's like that's super cool. And so I love one of my favorite drummers is uh, Terry Bozio, right? Of course, because he's like drumming God. But one of the coolest things about his drum set is the fact that he has his drum set tuned to have the notes. Yeah, you know, he he has the diatonic notes. Mm-hmm. You know, that's crazy. You yeah. know. <laughs> If you have enough drums, you can you can do that. You can do a lot of a lot of stuff. Um, Even his symbols, mm-hmm. you know, like uh, his symbols would follow the note of the guitar chug if he was accenting with the symbols. Yeah. Um, yeah. So like all of this stuff, you have to just you have to make yourself like we always talk about taking the gig. We always talk about making yourself useful. We always talk about networking. We always talk about marketing. We talk about building yourself up. Why? Why do we want you to do all these things? Because you've got to make yourself as useful as possible. I got Mm -hmm. news for you. There's always someone who could do something better. You know what I mean? So if that's the case, you might as well try and be that person sometimes. You know, like um, I, I have as many skills as humanly possible to try and navigate through this you know like we've talked about even even just the video skills and and having to you know move online and and all these new skills that we've had to learn just to operate in what we could even call the music industry nowadays you know yeah we have to we kind of have to morph into our own thing and um we really have to get our music out there but we also have to take care of the fact that you know, we're not making any money because we're not touring. So what else can we do to, uh, to help, you know, uh, our, our financial situation as, as a, as a, a musician and, um, you know, getting on Spotify lists and getting plays and stuff is, is really good. Um, but I think, you know, writing your own records, writing your own music and getting it out there and, uh, you know, using the internet as a as a good tool to um, to put yourself out there, like obviously, <laughs> um, there's so there's so many things that we really have to um, that we really have to uh, adjust ourselves to uh, in 2021 now, and uh, a big part of that is just being present um, online, um, and then of course. Uh, making sure that if we're if we want to put a record out there then we we need to do it as soon as possible we don't need to wait on it we don't need to like try and um well i think the world has also changed now too because like um you know nowadays you release a single mm-hmm. and so you can work really hard on one song right now and release it and then work on your next one like yeah. you just right now the game is sustainability sustainability yeah yeah like that's that's what the world is right now right it's not like no one it even if if the greatest album in the world was written right now um it would get lost to the history books um there's nothing you know right now it's about um building sustainable like income so to speak for your career right it's you know, if you're a bass player, you should be recording demos, bass and drum demos, you know, get a basic beat from anything and put demos out there, you know, because when we do open up, you don't want that gig and you better say yes to it. 
Yeah, exactly. So, um, see, so yeah, I got to talk to Tony and um, we it had, seemed like it was an awesome conversation, huh? Yeah, he's been in this industry for a really long time. And, you know, back in the 80s when it was super easy and nowadays when it's super hard. So I wanted to get his his perspective on what he has to do now to kind of uh, keep his name out there. And um, since he is putting out his own records now and putting out a lot of he's I mean, he's a Grammy nominated um, songwriter. So he's putting out some and he's putting out some really cool stuff right now that's uh, he he kind of says that there's not really a, a big market for it because it's very southern rock and people really don't know what to do with it um but uh he's he's definitely getting himself out there in front of his audience so i talked to him a little bit about that and i talked to him a little bit about you know saying yes to the gig of course because that's a big thing um big motivator just to you know get out there and that's kind of what happened with him with great white he said yes to playing bass for great white and now he's able to do whatever he wants to um, and uh when he 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 played in this band or he where i i know him from uh is playing in a band called uh, 2200 these guys from uh from uh australia and he said that was oh, kind of cool. scary, a scary gig to say yes to because they were going to be touring with slash uh, which is fine because he's that's his camp and everything but he was going to be singing he wasn't going to be playing bass he couldn't you know hide behind an instrument he, he he basically you know he had to he was the front guy and so um saying yes to that gig obviously got him to fronting now his own band and um you know just really taking taking his uh career to different heights by not get let not letting interfere and into actually doing big things and um i think he has one of the coolest rock and roll voices um and he's a great bassist great guitar player and awesome all-around guy um and this Sick. record that he's done uh, uh sugar bowl from his new band shadow and the thrill it's it i mean it hits close to my heart because it's southern rock you know very southern um, but it's, it's, uh, it's great to see that, you know, he's a multi-instrumentalist that has made his own music. So if you hear, you listen to the songs, you know, they're very blues inspired, but you can hear the bass, you can hear the guitars, you can hear, um, everything and how his voice, you know, everything accentuates really nicely. And, uh, I thought that was really cool to, um, uh, cause I identify with that a lot, you know, making my own music and, uh, writing the parts and stuff. So. Right. Uh, I wanted to get his kind of take on um, how how he uh, went about it and um, how he feels uh, the important what he feels the importance of a bass player is. Well, take it away. <laughs> because both you and I travel all over the place, and everything is different everywhere, and it mm -hmm. changes all the time. So we're kind of just stuck in this. Um, you know, our promoters are working with or the promoters are working with our booking agents and the booking agents are trying not to, you know, have cancellation fees that we have to pay. And, you know, all this thing, all these things are going on between the, the places that we're trying to get to and, and, uh, you know, just the, the rules and the laws that are passed every single day. So it's, it's, it's so hard for us right now. Um, yeah, it's, it's crazy. It's, it's yeah. uh, you know, so, what do you what can you do just uh you know uh, maybe it's this is the time to get you know jump on the phone and 
and I'm, you know, I'm calling about a hundred different stations right now and, mm-hmm. and just trying to chat to people and, and, uh, uh, at least everybody is home and there's a captive audience, I guess. Yeah. So yeah. Do, you know, we do our live streaming things and we do, you know, make our little videos and stuff and, and, uh, that's going to have to do for now, I guess. You know? Yeah. Yeah, is um is Jack Russell's Great White? Are you guys doing anything um online no. right now? Nothing. No. Not even. Um, I think they're doing the cruise. What are the the monster cruises and stuff? And they do some live stuff. Mm, um, I'm not sure that that's going to happen either. I don't yeah. think. I don't. I don't know. I really don't. I don't know if I want to be on a cruise ship well, right now. On a cruise, uh, but I think they were doing the. The bands that have been on there, they're doing some live things. If you're all in, oh right, right, like that. yeah, yeah. But it's it's just yeah. not even the same, is it? <laughs> yeah, right. You know, do we, are we do we get paid for stuff like that? I know, right? Who knows? <laughs> no, you don't get paid. This is what this is what happens. You get to jump in your car. <laughs> And fill it up with gas and you know, drive all over creation and spend your day for free doing something for somebody else for free. That's what it ends up being. Yeah. So, you know. Yeah. 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 You know, it's, there's got to be something that that is, you know, we've got to at least be able to continue our creativity and get something in return. <laughs> yeah, that'd be nice. You know, I, uh, I, I've, uh, I like the, uh, and at least a lot of my friends, you included, uh, you know, the uh, are in tribute bands that seem to be, that seems to be the first, one of the first, you know, the first kind of bands are are going to start working. So, yeah, I, think so. Um, I got involved that and some friends that, uh, that have a journey uh, tribute band that asked me to play and I was like, yeah, that sounds like fun. It's a lot of fun and you get to learn a whole catalog of, of someone you respect and it's just it's oh, yeah. really nice as an artist to be able yeah, to I'm, I'm a huge Neil Sean. I'm a fan, you know, I'm yeah. a fan of that guy and and his his playing and his artistry. And so yeah. it's been it's been really fun to dig into that. It, mm-hmm. Thank God that came along and they didn't ask me to do I mean, you know, I'm not a, a like I respect other things like, like Rush, let's say, or, uh, you know, there's a bunch of Rush tribute bands or Kiss tribute bands. It's like, yeah, I, I like that stuff, but what I, what I want to, you know, really dedicate myself to, to learning, you know, 30 songs from that group and, and really, really studying in, you know, the minutia of the way that it's delivered you know, that's a lot of time, you know, yeah, it's a, lot of time, a lot of effort, a lot of, a lot of, uh, you know, a bandwidth, yes. like what you do. I mean, that guy, you know, John Paul Jones, you could, you, you can, uh, I mean, that, that's a wealth of, of information. Yeah. <laughs> Absolutely. Yeah. Such a masterful guy. As yeah. A player and, and, and yeah. The composition of his parts, right? It's like, mm-hmm. you know, and I love speaking of bass, right? Like, um, that's a guy to sit down and, and, and yes, learn every Shed. thing that he's ever played, right? Because he's just amazing. 
you know, James Jameson, right? Learn every one of those. Like if you really, you know, my, my base, my base uh, education mm-hmm. uh, is kind of came in fits and starts and, you know, uh, uh, like I would sit down, let's say, there's one time I sat down with, with uh, Stevie Wonder's original Musiquarium. It's, it's a two album uh, set. I can't remember how many songs are on there. And I decided I'm gonna learn every one of these bass things. Man, and some of those cats that played on those yeah. things are stupid. Yeah, wow. yeah. So yeah. there you go, like yeah. dive in and then, and just learn learn that you know yeah. try to fill your head with that that one thing so anyways yeah. i've been doing journey thing it's been a lot of fun it's just fun you know mm-hmm. it's like i don't have to um you don't have to be a, uh all ocd about it you know like i am with my own stuff shadow and thrill i mean it's it's pretty intense this is more this is more relaxed like i i literally could have a this is the kind of gig where I feel like I, I could have a cocktail. Yeah. Doing the show. Relax and like, enjoy yourself. You know, it's, this is fun. This is going to be fun. And the people are having fun too because yeah. they just love those songs, right? Yeah. So there you go. That's wonderful. And you're you're a multi-instrumentalist. Um, and on Shadow and the Thrill, you have, uh, you have drums, bass, guitars, you have keys. There's basses in, in the videos. <laughs> I know there's bass in the videos. There's just no bassist. <laughs> there's there's bass. No, no. Okay. There's, there's, okay. They're on two videos so far. There's been, I know. Uh, we did a video for Misery where we decided to say, oh, okay, what instruments did we both play? Brent, Arsimant, and myself. Brent plays all drums and all keys. Mm, okay. Uh, played all guitars and vocals, uh-huh. uh, harmonica, that kind of stuff. Yeah. So we did a video where, okay, show yourself doing everything you did. So I did a, you know, a pass doing the harmonica, a pass doing guitar, a pass doing vocals, a pass doing bass. Mm-hmm. So I'm playing this bass right here. Yeah. Nice. Very yeah. nice. Yeah. Whoa. Yeah, those are great. I love this thing. Mm-hmm. Um, I used to play a green one. <laughs> that is badass. Uh, What's the, uh, and then the other one is it, the video we did for Crazy, uh, Tony Hall was gracious enough to stop in the studio that day that we were tracking that and he played he played to that track. Because I, I just knew that my style of playing bass mm-hmm. wasn't going to fit. Or, okay. or that somebody could do a better job and he certainly did a better he did and, a bang of why do you think that is do you think that's because you're more of a guitar player or you wanted something that you wanted somebody that had a different a different feel um no i um when i play when i play bass or i'm composing my part for mm-hmm. a song for bass i'm i'm the bass player yeah i i think i think it's a different it's a mm-hmm. different headspace it really is and, and you have you know it takes me a while to get there 
and maybe I just didn't have the time to, to you know, to mm -hmm. really, when we're in the studio and it's costing money and, you know, yeah, you know, I, I probably could have taken, well, probably seriously would have taken me two days mm -hmm. of playing along with the track, composing, feeling it out, and then executing that, right? Like rec actually recording it. Whereas a guy like Tony Hall, mm -hmm. he just, it just comes out of him. Yeah. And that's what he does. He oozes <laughs> he, he just, you know, it's just, he, it's nothing for him. For it's him. awesome. He's already in that headspace. Mm -hmm. um, I think, I mean, I, I feel like there's a couple of tracks on my album because I played all the, all the bass on my album except for Crazy mm. and uh, Tony did the bass track for the acoustic version of Sugar Bowl, um, which I ended up tracking over, uh, you know, we used to, we're going to use his track for, for the song. And then the song started evolving and getting heavier and more, more atmospheric and, and uh, uh, more bridge of size, you know, mm -hmm. Robin Trower-ish kind of sound to it. And his approach just wasn't, it just, it wasn't driving the song the way I wanted to. So I said, oh, okay, now it's time for me. I mean, I, I can do that. Yeah. I know how to do that. Yeah. So now I'm playing that and, and, and uh, um, yeah, so you know, there's a couple. You know, there's a, uh, another track that uh, um, that we did. We did a cover of. Uh, it's called the Grind. The Grind. Yeah, it, it, the reason I can't remember is it. It never says the Grind in the song anywhere. Oh, okay. <laughs> <You> know, <laughs> it, it doesn't, but it, it's about it's about having a real you know a real job uh -huh. and uh, and working for the man. Yes. But uh, like that bass line. Like that's a base, that's a base line. Mm -hmm. Like I wrote that as a basist, I think mm -hmm. would approach should approach it. So yeah. you know, it's a different headspace. I I like guys and, and girls that, that can put themselves in that headspace just instantaneously. Like yes. you know, uh, the guy that plays with Jack Russell's great white, Dan McNay. And I and I, I tease Dan because he has to play a lot of my stuff <laughs> and and I and he's some you know and every once in a while he takes a little you know he takes a little uh uh uh, uh you know goes off on a tangent a little bit on some of the parts and I always appreciate what he does you know I, it doesn't bother me mm -hmm. uh, as long as it's within in the in in the spirit of the original track right so I always refer to Dan as Dan, the better bassist. <laughs> he gets pissed. He gets pissed. Not pissed, but you know what I mean. Because mm -hmm. uh, I do believe that. I believe he's 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 got that. He's got that mindset. It mm -hmm. just it just comes out of him, just like Tony Tony Hall. Just he's he's there. Yeah. You know, it takes me a while to get there. Okay. Um, it's the counterpoint. You know what I mean? Mm -hmm. Of a bass mm -hmm. to what. The guitars are doing yep so um it's hard to be that other guy to yourself especially when you're making your own record well when you're when you were writing uh your record sugar bowl and you know coming from a bassist perspective writing the bass parts 
and you're putting yourself in, you know, in that basis kind of headspace. Mm -hmm. um, are you trying to marry your vocals? You're trying to marry your your guitars and your bass. I mean, your uh, your drums more. Um, are you trying to do all three? What where's your approach on that? Boy, it depends on the song, I think. Mm -hmm. So, yeah, it depends on the song for sure. And I, I'll, you know, I, uh, I'll be honest. I some of the some of the the tracks, I'm surprised at the parts. You know, like, wow, where did that come from? Because mm -hmm. I don't. I think they're. I think they're. I think they're really. I think it's well done. It's almost big. It's like stepping out of your out of body experience, listening and going, "Wow, that works. That, that's pretty good. <laughs> that's pretty good." And in in the sense that it's not a guitar part mm -hmm. that's played on a bass. It 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 really is something that is is meant for that instrument. It's meant to be complementary to everything that's going on and but you know i don't think i'm not one of these people that that thinks the bass is supposed to be this um uh is supposed to be uh you know um not background uh but in you know uh, just moving along. servicing everything else like uh, you know the bass is here to you know to hold up the rhythm foundation and the guitar and the vocal. you know what the, you know the, the bass should be its own thing mm -hmm. it should be its own thing and and it it, it it's important it's it's really important mm -hmm. and, and it's a it's a it's it's a responsibility. That's yes. the thing about playing yes. bass in a band. It is a responsibility. You are the bridge from the rhythmic and and the melodic mm -hmm. and harmonic. And when you fuck up, <laughs> but everything falls apart. The uh -huh. whole band falls apart. And I don't think a lot of people realize that the bass, the bass is the driving. Band. Yeah. The bass player drives the band. The drummer, yeah. But the bass player holds it all together. He's the quarterback, I, I think, in a lot of respects. And it is a big responsibility. Uh, it, you know, it, it's, think about the, the biggest bands in the world, the Beatles, mm -hmm. the, the Beach Boys, mm -hmm. led by the bass player. Oh, yeah. Sting, bass player, you know. Uh, you know, so there's a lot, and there's a, there's an interesting uh, headspace to those mm -hmm. of guys that that play and and are the leaders of the band. Um, but I think the bass drives the band. I think it's, and uh, you need you need that guy. To, you need that guy or girl. You know, <laughs> sorry, I always say guy. But That's okay. <laughs> because I'm just, you know, I'm thinking from my perspective, right? Um, but I don't. I don't want to play with a bass player that isn't taking control. Like, you better take control. Like, you know, if I'm playing guitar or singing or whatever, bass player needs to be driving and 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 pulling the band and, and you know directing the band. And, yeah. and in a lot of respects, in a lot of uh, big, you know, bigger type uh, uh, 
bands, organizations, you know, like uh, the bass player is, is, the, is usually the, the music director as well. Why is that? Yeah. yeah. It, it makes sense to me, but I like a bass player that takes, that, that plants himself, herself, plant, you know, is there and is like, okay, this is where oh, we're going. Yeah. I'm like, cool. The solid I don't worry about where we're going now. Yeah. <laughs> you know? Exactly. Yeah. yeah. And I think it, it really puts everybody at ease when you have a, a bass player that steps in and knows the songs, knows what they're doing. You don't have to worry about them uh, because you do have to worry about all the highs. You have to worry about all the guitar squeaks and all the, you know, the, the cymbals and the, you know, the, the vocals and stuff that's, you know, that people, people really do pick up on uh, sonically. Mm -hmm. You know, bass is the feeling of the music, so they they can feel it when it messes up. But if you have a bassist that's that's fine and they can hold it down, and whether they're flashy or not, they can at least hold it down and drive the drive the songs. It's a walk in the park. That's 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 why the I think the the, the best adjective solid. Yeah, that's what you want for your bass player. You want your bass player to be a solid. solid person they have to be a solid person yeah. <laughs> you know they can't they can't be they can't be flaky they can't yeah. be flaky uh they need to be a solid person and serious and serious yeah that's why i guess maybe I, a lot of times they are the musical directors for you know somebody that care you know the kind of bands that that are just bands behind let's say a big singer or whatever mm -hmm. um that's why i think yeah, absolutely. Absolutely. And you've um, I mean you've played bass in, in bands before and you've you've uh, you've sang in other bands before. You've kind of taken all these different roles. What's your what's your favorite? Do you have a favorite? Do you like just playing guitar in Great White and playing guitar in your, your original band? Do you like playing bass? Do you like singing or do you just do a accumulation? Is that your favorite? Hmm. I tell you, you know, to, to, to just front a band is as a, as a vocal vocalist mm -hmm. is uh, it's a very freeing experience. <laughs> you know, you don't have to worry about what's plugged in, <laughs> what your sounds like. You got a mic, uh -huh. and you don't have to worry about being in tune, you know, or there's just, it's a, it's a very, it's, it's, it's almost like there's not enough to do. I, I honestly, like I, when I was doing it with 2200, um, it, it felt, you feel a little guilty. <laughs> <It's> like, <laughs> yeah. Everybody else is working so hard. You know? yeah, everybody yeah. else is working yeah, hard. <laughs> I just got this microphone and that's it. Really? Yeah. Yeah, I mean, I you, know, off, you know, I'd walk yeah. off when the guys are doing yeah. solos. I'm like, later. Yeah, you guys, you got busy there. I'm going go, to go shot. We go to the side stage, have a sip of tea or whatever. You do your thing. It's, yeah. yeah, it's almost like a guilt thing. It's like, wow. <laughs> no wonder singers right get now? LSD, lead singer disease. <laughs> yeah, I mean, it's a walk thing. in the park. <laughs> yeah, right. Right. Yeah. We, we do talk on Bass Cafe because it's all 
you know, around base, it's base oriented, how important the base is and how important our job is and how kind of little um, respect some of us get, <laughs> you know? Oh, there's no doubt about that. <laughs> but we're kind but, of doing one of the bigger jobs. <laughs> no, it is. It's, it is the, it is, I think it is the, without a, you got okay. You got to have a good, a great drummer. Yeah. You got to have a good drummer. But again, I think the bass player is. The bass has to again is is the bridge. Yeah. The bridge between rhythmic and and harmonic. Yeah. And I I always say it's um like building a house. Your drums are the foundation. Your bass is the the walls and structure and all of the highs like your vocals and guitars are the roof and yeah i i i, I even take it further than that. i think you're right there i think that, that's a good analogy i just say that the like guitar solos and singing yeah. that's like the doilies on the couch yeah 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 the, the, yeah the, 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 the <laughs> do we paint. really need all that <laughs> <laughs> a solid beat a solid beat and a good groove yeah yeah. Put anything on top of that. That's right. That's right. You know, that, that that and that is that is the, the other thing too about 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 playing bass too is is that 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 meshing that groove feeling of, of playing with the drums and mm -hmm. and that that sense of rhythm. And I would say that I'm I'm probably a lot better than I used to be. You know, even uh, playing bass in Great White is is very. Um, I'm trying to think of a nice way to put it. It's very, uh, very Anglo-Saxon <laughs> music, right? Yeah. It's not. You know, we're playing rock music, rock mm -hmm. and roll, which mm -hmm. is black music. It's mm -hmm. from the blues. Yeah. You know? born of the blues and and there is there is a there's a a, a, a sense of groove there that's that is not part of 80s rock not yeah. all of it so it's, it's from we try to induce a little bit of it and if we can if we can get just a little bit of that then that's good that's good yeah. that makes it that makes it feel deep and the music feels rich and mm -hmm. and being able to play in you know quote unquote in the pocket right <laughs> um to 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 marry the drums and 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 the music through the bass and, and, and set up a groove of feeling you know yeah how does that feel, feel you know, song. it's it you're 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 working a it's a spell a song is a spell you know and 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 when you're doing it right, everybody is in the spell. You know, they're in there with you, right? Mm -hmm. uh, hit a bad, you know, note or fall out of the groove or, mm -hmm. you know, all of a sudden things aren't All of a sudden they leave. And then, and then they're out. They're, you break the spell. You've broken the spell, right? Yeah. So, um, yeah, it's important for the bass to do that. I, I think I'm, I think I'm better at that now, and it's because I get to play with different, different drummers. Mm -hmm. um, 
I, I think uh, Brent Brent Arsman is mm -hmm. is a phenomenal drummer. He's so he's so good. Uh, John Knox, John Knox is another guy that that plays out with with me and Shadow and the Thrill, and John is just phenomenal. Um, Chuck Cummings was uh, a great is a great drummer out here in Orange County, California, too. Very uh. Uh, very Bonham-esque mm -hmm. the way he plays, just big, yeah, big, solid, you know, uh, beat. And uh, and then you know, Dickie, who plays with me and Jack Russell's Gray White, is is he's just an amazing. He's the Swiss Army knife. He can, mm -hmm. he can play just about anything. Yeah, and really, and make it feel good too. So um, I tell you what, I. Even in in honest in in uh, in my band now in Shadow and the Thrill, I would love, I would love to be able to, to, switch back and forth, mm. as as Cheryl Crow does. Yeah. Cheryl Crow will play bass and she'll play guitar. Yeah. And she'll just flip flop just according yeah. to how she feels she wants to approach the song. Yeah. And um, and you know. Paul McCartney does the same thing, right? Mm -hmm. um, having somebody that that uh, that has that sensibility, that would be fun. I, you know, um, I wouldn't mind turning over the guitar chores to somebody else for a song or for a couple songs in the set. Yeah, because there's more focus there, um, and I kind of want to talk about that. You know, you're singing and you're playing at the same time. Um, I know this might sound kind of almost kind of juvenile to ask, but I think with our audience, it's kind of uh, important to like, do you think playing guitar or playing bass is harder when you sing? It depends on the music, right? Yeah. Um, do you, are you on autopilot anyways, because you've done it for so long? I, I think it depends. It depends on the base, the base part, mm -hmm. right? Like, like some, some base base parts are moving, are you're doing counterpoint to the band or to the guitar yeah. part or to the vocal, mm -hmm. right? So, um, it you're playing something rhythmically that your that your voice. That your 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 singing brain can't really get around. That's why Paul McCartney is just like this fucking genius. I, I don't know how he does it, right? He's playing who knows what and then singing something different. Same with Getty Lee or yeah, Getty Lee. Um, just thinking of him. Yeah, it's it's insane. It's like uh, you have to have this autopilot thing, and it's almost like you'd have to you'd have to do it on every instrument that you. You, you learn, right? Even if you were a drummer, you'd still have to figure out how to autopilot singing and drumming. Mm -hmm. Guitar, same with bass. Um, I don't know. I mean, I, 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 do both. I, I do both. And I think playing maybe acoustic or like just, you know, chords and singing is a lot easier than playing bass and singing for me. Playing bass, I think, is tricky just because you're talking about singular notes and yeah. then a rhythmic pattern of those different notes. Mm -hmm. um, yeah, yeah, I mean, my, my best uh, example for me, at least, was learning uh, the rock me uh, bass mm -hmm. part, which is kind of 
kind of a pretty notable uh, bass uh, bass track, which uh, which the, was the former bass player with with the band. Um, and my understanding is that it was it was a, a part that was created measure by measure in the studio mm -hmm. by the producers kind of directing him. And so you play a riff and you're like, okay, keep that. Okay, next, let's go through that, add something else. Okay, that sounds good there. This riff here, that phrase, da da da. So the whole song, the whole song is, there's nothing that really repeats itself. The, the, the different fills and, and riffs are, don't really repeat themselves. Um, but the, the bass part over the chorus is, is counterintuitive to what you have to sing as a background, as a, you know, do your background parts or whatever. Mm. Man, that one is, that one was, it took a while. You know, yeah. you have to go again, like you say, you gotta kind of learn it and it has to be muscle memory autopilot while you're trying to sing this, these notes and, and this, this, you know, uh, rhythmic phrasing that's different from what you're playing in your hands. Yeah, like I said, Paul McCartney is like, wow, Denny Lee. Yeah, and, um, and bass and guitar are different octaves too. So when you're playing bass and you're singing and, you know, matching octaves or singing that, you know, inside of that octave instead of like your guitar where that octave is, it can kind of, it's kind of messes with your brain too. Is if, if you're, you just really have to concentrate on it. Um, I, I like, I, I like, I really like playing in, in bass and singing too. Yeah. Um, although I guess I've never, I've never played bass and done lead, uh, a lead vocal. Uh, so I have to say that I, I guess I've never really done that. So okay. I, I don't know. I've, I've done plenty of background vocal parts, obviously, yeah. um, while playing bass. Uh, and guitar too, I'm sure. Oh, well, yeah. Oh, yeah. Uh, but um, it would be interesting. It would be yeah. interesting. That, that would be a study at all. all well, then, the yeah, then you have some homework to do if you want to do, if you want to be Mr. Cheryl Crow, huh? Yeah. <laughs> yeah. I, and and that, that would be fun because yeah. that's the other thing about bass. I, I just had this conversation with somebody online in, in that there is, it's so much less OCD that, as opposed to guitar playing, guitar playing. Yeah. There's so many, there's so many yeah. well, rock guitar, uh -huh. loud rock you hear guitar. everything. Yeah, everything. loud, compressed, you know, uh, rock guitar. It, it's an animal. You have to, you it's have, game. your hands are always controlling that instrument and keeping it from squealing and doing whatever it does um, or making, more notes and open notes and so you're always you know tending to it mm -hmm. whereas with bass it's not it's just less so i guess there's less strings they're bigger and you you can you can yeah. uh you can be less dainty about it when i played if i was playing with slash that i, I just pounding on that fucking thing yeah pounding on it and it, that's that's another great feeling of playing yeah. you know rock bass playing with a pick rock bass 
pounding on that thing yeah. and all your aggressions are gone for the, <laughs> for the day. <laughs> yeah, I was just going to ask, so were you playing with a pick uh, on all the slash when you're playing with slash? He requires, he, requ well, that's what he said. His tone that he prefers. I would, uh, I mean, there are times, when, and, and you can hear that Duff is playing almost all the parts. Mm -hmm. uh, he is playing with a pick. Yeah, uh, he's he's uh, even in the velvet revolver player. stuff. But you know, I'm 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 a guy that I can play with my fingers. Mm -hmm. I can play with a pick. Um, and I, I I do know, I do have a technique where I can palm the pick, mm -hmm. right? I can palm it, and I'll use my fingers for a part, and I bring the pick out, palm it. Yeah, you know, and go back and forth. That is actually, I think, is it's that's a reasonable technique to know. Yeah. Um, I would. Uh, I'm trying to think of what what song's a good uh, example of that. Um, well, um, "Fall to Pieces" mm -hmm. is a uh, um, a Velvet Revolver tune that I would do, and. And it just didn't sound right to play the the the, the verse part uh, or the intro part with a pick. It's too present. It's too yeah. present. So I would I would I would roll back the tone a little bit, tone control, and I play with my fingers, mm -hmm. and and then pull that pick out, you know, and unpalm it, you know, and go back yeah. and forth. And he, you know, he doesn't, he, he never said anything and it, it didn't bother him at all because it sounded good. Yeah. Um, in fact, I think we did an iTunes, we did an iTunes live session in, of that song. It's on a, like an Apple iTunes live session. Yeah. So that turned out pretty good. I think I did, uh, uh, we did uh, Communication Breakdown too, okay. which I played with my fingers. Mm -hmm. Who's saying? Who's saying that? Miles Kennedy. Oh yeah, Miles was Miles was always singing for song. Yeah, that's awesome. But uh, there you go. I mean, so communication break. I don't. I don't. Well, you would. You would probably know better. I, mean, I don't. I think John Paul Jones played with his fingers. Yeah, he, he, the only time he really ever played with the pick that I know of was um, immigrant. No, not immigrant. A uh, whole lot of love. Mm -hmm. uh, that's the only pick song and i i could totally be wrong but that's the only one you could see him you could see him on the live zeppelin stuff you could yeah. see him all of a sudden he's playing with the big you go oh okay yeah, yeah, yeah. that makes sense because it just calls for it yeah you know, I, I had a weird argument with one jackass one day uh about chris squire uh -huh. and i'm like yeah you know because he came to me and i was you know i was playing i was playing bass at the time playing with a pick he goes eh, why are you playing with a pick i go well you know it, Got to be able to do both. He goes, yeah. Chris Squire doesn't play with it. I go, oh no, he does. He does. You can. There's plenty of. You can see plenty of video of Chris Squire, one of the greatest bases, rock yeah. bases of all time. Yeah. Every once in a while, you know, he he'll use a pick because it's just appropriate. It sounds right. There's an appropriateness the, to the, it. <laughs> the, yeah, the 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 scrape of the pick on the string. Sometimes that. That's that's a good sound. I, I love a, I love a, a Tortex uh, yellow. Uh, I think it's 0.83 or something mm -hmm. like that. Uh, 
pick mm -hmm. against a, like a, a good round, you know, round wound. Yeah. Maybe like even roto sound. Those, yeah. those are great strings. But that 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 little bit of that sound of just a little bit of that pick scraping mm -hmm. against those the wines. Mm -hmm. um, yeah, that's its own it. thing, you know. That's mm -hmm. a it's a growling sound. Yeah. I like that. Yeah, yeah. It, it, you have to figure out what's uh, great for the tone for what you're doing. And that's what's cool about bass is there are so many things that go into the tone of the bass from even from your fingernails being the wrong, the wrong oh, yeah. uh, length. <laughs> and so um, I, you know, on all the John Paul Jones stuff, all the Zeppelin stuff, I play flat wounds and I play with, um, you know, my mids and my uh, my highs down pretty low. I mean, it's just, you know, I need that tone of that, you know, that bass tone and, uh, that he has. And if I was playing in a metal band, I'd probably use round wounds with a heavier pick or, or, you know, sure. or maybe I wouldn't yeah. use a pick and I just use heavier strings, but, but yeah, it's, it's all about the tone and what's, what's right for the job. So I've been watch, um, I'm watching a lot of videos too, recently of Carol Kay. Oh yeah. And, uh, how she goes about getting getting her sound for those iconic genius yeah. <laughs> you know genius <laughs> fucking bass lines yeah which is so they're simple yeah they're simple yeah but but melodic <laughs> and absolutely a hook on their own on their own mm -hmm. you know but as, as opposed to a, a brilliant song by the beach boys or whatever Mm -hmm. Her part is absolutely its own little hook, you know. Yeah. yeah. And that's what John Paul Jones did a lot too. And sure. James Jamerson. I mean, there it was their own their own little bass world, you know, their own little mm -hmm. melodic world, but it was done so right and so well that it married everything and, and helped everything in the song. Pulls it all together. That's that's the yeah. job. That's the yeah. job. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> pull the band down the road, man. <laughs> Yeah, yeah, it's really important. Um, so I wanted to kind of end uh, in the the conversation today with with kind of motivating people and um, and I think one thing that we you know people who are successful in this business versus people who are not successful is they say yes to the gig and they take the gigs that they may not uh, they they may that come along or that um, they go after and, and they really um, they really say yes to to going after their career and are there anything is there anything that stands out in your career that you were unsure of at first but it really just made made your career better when you just said yes to it uh, well I, su I suppose, you know, de you know, deciding to commit to being playing full-time bass with Great White was, was exactly that. You know, I, I was, at the time I was a, a teacher and mm -hmm. I was, I had bass students and guitar students. I had a lot more guitar students because I was, you know, I was proficient at that, um, but I was studying in, in in I was in college. I was studying um, classical music. I was studying composition and, and all that stuff. I was you know to me 
at that point, it's like it didn't matter. It's the bass clef, it's the treble clef, it's 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 all you know. <laughs> so learn both, play both, whatever. Um, but I did commit to doing that, and you know, I would have liked to play uh, you know uh, other things during that time, but and just you know. So yeah, you you say yes and you do it. Singing for twenty two hundred, wow, wow, that was scary. That was a scary thing. You, but, you uh, were the, did it. You're the the dude to do it. <laughs> right. Still one of my favorite records of all time, like ever. He's he is uh, Mark. Mark is quite the bass based guy. You know, he's, he approaches it in a different way. You know, mm -hmm. um, he approaches it as a lead instrument. And, mm -hmm. um, and he's a very proficient guy. He can play. He can play anything. You know? mm -hmm. So yeah, but that that was scary, and uh, um, that's the trial by fire. You know, you walk. You know, I think the first I did a couple gigs here in L.A. with them at the whiskey or whatever, and then a couple years later, it's you know, it's standing on you know a stage at Wembley, full room, mm -hmm. and so the and and. All I had was the microphone. <laughs> well, that's it. No hiding. Yeah. No hiding behind that instrument. <laughs> so, but uh, again, there's a, there's there's uh, there's other you know advantages. You don't have to carry anything. Mm. You don't have to tune anything. <laughs> <laughs> but if you suck, yeah, you're gonna get a bottle of <laughs> bottle of. Somebody's gonna pee in a water bottle and throw it at you. <laughs> Gross. Has that ever happened to you? No. <laughs> Good. No, I've been hit with I've been hit with some gnarly stuff. <laughs> I got. I'll never forget. I got hit with the Jack Daniels bottle. Oh. It smashed on my on my instrument. Oh wow. Yeah, that was thrown from far away. Wow. And yeah, that was gnarly. Uh. I got <laughs> played a show at the Navajo Indian Reservation once, and it was the room was just packed, hotter than hell. And you know, it was a couple thousand people in there, or whatever, hot, sweaty. I mean, it was like a sauna in there, and playing, and you know, I'm sweaty, and we're everybody's just dripping. Mm -hmm. And I remember I didn't see it coming, and somebody threw a Pendleton like a Pendleton shirt, soaked, soaked with sweat. So I don't know who it came from, <laughs> but I didn't want to know, right? But it was a do some good sized person. And this thing went flying and it, and it didn't just hit me, it like caught me. And then it went yeah. <laughs> like a turban. <laughs> it just covered my whole, I just, and it was blackout and it was just sweaty. Gross. It was so nat. It was nat. That was gross. That was gross. That's disgusting. So anyway, yeah. <laughs> was that what was that in great white? Yes. Yeah. <laughs> I can imagine probably great white back in the 80s got pretty crazy. Yeah, we got a, you know assortment of stuff thrown up there, thrown at us, so, you know. There's some ugly, you know, there's been some ugly, there's some ugly things back then. There was a guy, I don't want to give anybody any ideas. So. <laughs> but yeah, I've been hit with beer bottles, I've been hit with, you know, 
got them yeah. while yeah you know uh yeah. shoes fuck you know you but yeah the, the whole piss bottle thing that's that's a that's a european festival oh thing you, oh. they're okay. all out there and there's you know they just they just pee in those bottles and if they don't like you they'll start throwing them at you <laughs> Wonderful. <laughs> All right. Well, thank you, Tony, so much for your time today. Appreciate oh, it. And time for you. Yeah. And thanks for hanging out um, and talking bass with us or with me. Okay. All right. All right. Thank okay. you. Thank you. And, and and hopefully we'll get some any questions, whatever. Just uh, send them my way. Okay. All right. Thanks. All right. All right. Yeah. Okay. So that was my interview with Tony from this Woo! morning. He's such a great guy. Um, I love uh, getting that other perspective from someone like, you know, just someone who's been around, you know, done the things that I wanted to do, done the bigger things, done the, I mean, I don't know. What is it? The the grass is always greener, right? You know? Yeah. Um, yeah. No, he's, he's definitely toured with some big, big, big people and um, working with legends. It's a hell of a drug, you know, it's, it's addicting. Yeah. Yeah, and I'm sure he's learned so much over the years, just how to be a good bass player, how to be a good writer. Um, a lot about, you know, Tom, when he's talking about uh, how Slash, you know, obviously he was going to use a pick because that's that's part of the sound. But when he was using the hybrid picking, you know, Slash didn't say anything. So it just became part of that that whole process, you know, him playing with another band. and. Um, you know, it's uh, it's 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 really nice to be known as you know as a well-known bassist. Um, and then when you do know more than just bass, you can go off and do other things too. And um, you know, in Great White, he also did rhythm guitar. Um, uh, in his band Shadow and the Thrill, he plays guitar. And um, it's just it's really cool to to see um, you know bassists that will branch off eventually in their career and show how multi-talented and multi-instrumentalists uh, they are well most of the reason why i've wanted to work with you know quote unquote legends and like part of the allure of wanting to go on tour with that band from my childhood you know yeah. like the whole reason why i wanted to do that um is because i want to learn off of them right and you you just find that you know um, one band that I kind of wanted to talk about as we wrap this up, just to quickly drop them, is the Beatles. Mm -hmm. Like, with the Beatles, you never, you don't know who is playing what. Like, you just don't, dude. Um, other than Ringo, you could probably guess, you know. Um, the other three guys, interchangeable. They're interchangeable from piano to guitar to bass to vocalist to songwriter to lyricist to whatever crazy, you know, Maharaja instrument there is, you know, like they just if it made noise, they put their hands on it and they made it make more noise. And then they wrote a song around that. And like, that's the biggest and most important thing I really want to stress to everyone. It's like. Don't be scared. Just whatever the instrument is, pick it up. If you play one instrument, 
you do already play all instruments. They're all, it's the same. It's manipulating the same sounds, just in a different tone. Yeah, you just you have to trust your ear. Um, if you can hum a note, you can find the key of the song. Well, that's why, again, it's so important to understand what the major scale is and what intervals are. Yeah. And all the all of the millions of millions and millions of notes that have ever been played, they're only a, a combination of the same 12 notes. Yeah, that's it. Every song that's ever been written ever. Yeah. Yeah, exactly. Uh, and you know, being able to pull off several instruments or at least rhythm and, you know, understanding the, um, the, the role of each instrument, right? So you need to understand what the role of the, of the drummer is. You need to understand what the role of the bass players, which is why we have Bass Cafe, uh, understanding the guitar or the vocals. They all have their role. They all have a reason that they're there and they support each other in a specific way as well we all have a reason we have a reason to live well, my, we have a reason to be here we have a reason to be here no way somebody told me that i had a reason to be here <laughs> yeah how rude is that just walk up to a random person be like you have a reason to live <laughs> you have a reason to be here <laughs> what what do you mean? Oh, thank you. Well, I want to say to everybody, thank you so very much for tuning into our podcast. Um, this is episode what number nine, right? Uh -huh. Woo! Yeah. Episode nine. In All right. Spanish, they say numero nueve. Oh, in I, in German, don't they say nine? I think that's a no. <laughs> it is. Okay. Um, <laughs> all right. So, um, man, this is so cool. Our next episode is going to be, we're going to be filming it right before my birthday. Yeah, um, yeah. Pretty soon I'm going to be getting up there. I'm going to be turning 37. Oh, oh, oh. Um, make sure to visit both me and Holly on our Patreon pages. Yeah. Uh, Holly is patreon.com slash Holly West Music, and I am patreon.com slash Dean Music Official. Yes. Um, and on all the other interwebs, right? Holly yes. is Facebook, Holly West Music. Twitch. Uh, yeah, those things. <laughs> and I'm Dean Music Official. Thank you guys so very much for joining us. I cannot wait to see you in episode 10. 10, 10. 10. <laughs> ten, ten. All right. See you later. Make sure you like and subscribe below. Peace.